thought I told you niggas Put the food on the table, said I don't show you niggas Let's eat. Let's eat. I don't know you niggas Apply heavy press, now I been and squoze you niggas Squeeze. My homie blow through chickens Why you think when we out, it's a motion picture? Cool clean, but the rover tinted I'm riding low, cause your hoe up in it I just hope she keep it quiet, you exposing bitches You spoke when I said don't, you broke the code, my nigga on the block and RTAs, you don't know the dinner. We be grinding summer days, we couldn't wait for winter. Got that yo, 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 what's going on, Sports Family, man? And we back at it again with another episode of Mike and Friends. And today, you know it's the usual suspects. And we got two more guys joining Gnome. But, you know, you see who it is, man. You got my guy, Nate, checking in from the West Coast, a.k.a. the best, clo- best coast in an undisclosed location. You know what I'm saying? About six feet under the ground, but you know you get that though. But no, nah, what's going on, Brody? Man, bless, bro. Happy holidays to you, everybody uh, that tunes into this podcast. You know, happy holidays. Been with fam safely. You know, away from that COVID, stay out the strip clubs, like our guy Jay Harden. Man. And you uh, have a good holiday season. Yeah, man. Happy holidays to you as well, Brody. And just like you said, everybody out there. Um, oh, dang, I ain't even peeped the little the boxes and everything on the side. But <laughs> day full. But, uh, man, speaking of day, man, let's go ahead and shout out the sponsor, man, TOV Sports. Make sure you go over there, like, comment, subscribe on everything, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, Twitter, everywhere. Go over there to TOV Sports. Make sure you go over there, tell Dave we said what's up. Go like some of the content. Go check out some of the content. He's coming at y'all with some whole new content on the way pretty soon. Then, while you're doing that, go over there and check out National Sports Chat, man. This whole podcast is being presented by National Sports Chat. Um, go over there, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, IG. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, man, we about to get it going. It's been, we, we've been gone for about two weeks. You know, we just just doing the holiday thing. Everybody been moving around. But... We gotta we gotta start with the biggest news, and we gonna start it off with the Brooklyn Nets, bro. I need to get your reaction to the Brooklyn Nets game. Do you think they ready? What's your expectations for the Nets this season? Come on, I got nephew here. You know he clowning, but <laughs> let me get let me get your thoughts, man. I can't really hear you like that though. For sure, you, uh, man. Honestly, uh, honestly, I was kind of one of the skeptics of the Brooklyn Nets. You know, coming into the season, you know, it's it's well documented. I'm not the biggest Kyrie and KD fan. However, what I saw from them game one was very encouraging. And not just because they offensive efforts, really they defense. You know, that Warriors team, albeit Andrew Wiggins looked terrible in that first game. Like he looked, you know, really bad. I mean, the Warriors look like they got to figure some stuff out there. Really young team. I don't want to put too much stock into it. But KD, he looks just as healthy as he was before. I mean, if even if he's 80 percent of what he used to be a KD, you know, that's a problem for the league. Kyrie looks locked in. And I mean, the pieces they have around them, I just feel like they fit very cleanly. You take Kyrie out the game, you put it in Spencer Dinwiddie, who can get buckets and facilitate. You bring in Karis LeVert. I saw Kendrick Perkins call him baby Durant. I didn't agree with that. You know, he is, but he's like a six, eight long, you know, type type scorer. So he can come off the bench. I, I call him maybe like the modern day Jamal Crawford. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jay Crawford's game. Very like wiry type guy. I mean, you got yeah. Jared Allen, young dude coming off the bench, could block some shots. And DeAndre Jordan, he looked like he came back this year healthy. You know, last few years, he kind of looked like he was scrubbing it a little bit, kind of getting on the fringe of, you know, that scrub list from where he yeah. used to be. But, you know, he's a great lob threat. And, uh, I got to give credit to Steve Nash where it's due. It looked like they was locked in on that defense. 
um, which I think is going to be the biggest problem for them. But like I said, it's the Warriors. Don't put too much stock into that game. They got some stuff to figure out. But, you know, it's good. It's positive signs for everybody in Brooklyn, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, man, it was it – was, uh, and I, I get it. You know, it was the first game of the year, so I definitely don't mm-hmm. want to overreact. But like I said uh, before the show, like I'm just going off a of pure eye test. Mm-hmm. And from what I see, KD is KD. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, that was some of the biggest questions. Uh, of course, we're going to see, like, how he looks when he's, like, 20 games in, 40 games mm-hmm. in, the stars wearing on his body a little bit more. Um, so that's one thing I definitely want to keep an eye out for. Kyrie is playing on another level right now, you know, and I and that's one thing I got to salute, especially going into this season with all the, you know, just the rumblings around Kyrie just because he's that type. You know, he's a, a guy that – that uh that gets a lot of media around him, a lot of media mm-hmm. attention, a lot of stories that come out, and I like, and I it's part of it's some some of his fault just because some of the ambiguous comments that he makes, it's like well, sure. what the hell is that you know, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know man, I gotta uh I gotta see what what it really was really gonna go on with it because I I think that they have they're set up in the best way possible just because they don't. They they did the best thing by not getting hard. You know what I'm saying? I and I was talking hot about this on the phone, just because with getting hardened, they would have had to let go of everybody on the bench. And we're gonna get into it later on because I got a team mm-hmm. that's gonna be a surprise failure this year because okay. of it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's like it's not a lack of talent on the starting end, it's just a lack of talent on the bench. And it's like, okay, when these get tired, when these guys get tired, what's now? Like for sure. Like who's gonna carry the load? Yeah, that, was like, my, that was my issue with the whole Jay Harden thing, too, because, I mean, if you're trading Jay Harden, you're going to expect back Spencer, at least Karras, at least Jared Allen, maybe, yeah. a, um, you know, maybe their shooter. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. It's slipping my mind. But, um, oh, Joe Harris, you know, you'd get rid of a lot of that, but also you'd bring back somebody who, you know, obviously is a 30-point-per-game scorer. And, uh, you know, I was watching first take, and uh, Stephen A. didn't agree with, with um, Max when he said it, but Max said that he thought that the Nets would get worse with the addition of Jay Harden. And, you know, he is a 36-point-per-game scorer last year, but realistically what that team needs is depth. you got guys who are coming off injuries, you know. For, for, like you just said, 20, 40 games in, we got to see where KD is. You know, say KD is, you know. Tyrese is. came off from injuries. Like, we got to see where he, like, what he looks exactly. like. Exactly. So, like, if, if Steve Nash can stagger their minutes, you know, maybe 30 to 32 minutes a night, you, you bring yeah. Harris in, you bring Spencer in, kind of offset that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty – you brought in Shamit, too, a good defender. Like, I think that complements their roster much better than bringing in Jay Harden. I don't right. see him fitting with that unit. I thought it would have been a mistake. Um, and, you know, kind of proved that game one. Like, they really don't need him. They were swinging the ball. Like, it realistically, it kind of looked reminiscent of the Warriors' offense when KD was there. Man. And I was, not, I was kind of saying that, and granted – I, I know the Warriors don't have all that. Exactly. You know, it's game one, but from what we see so far. But the silhouette is still the same, meaning For that sure. you, know, you got KD from there. You got Steve Nash, who was really a part just by uh, – of course, he was doing player development, but you could tell he was in those rooms with Steve Kerr and Mike Brown really getting okay. the organization together and really – uh coming up with the game plans i'm not saying that he was solely responsible but he probably he was probably a fly on the wall in those rooms you know probably sure. gave some good advice just because one thing i can say is okay he has the he has the development uh the player development hat i get it but 
one thing I didn't give too much credit to, to which I'm now giving credit to is, okay, he's a, he's a point God. I can't even say God. So his whole career was based off of putting people in the right position and getting the best out of these other players. So I feel like that's even better for him being a mm-hmm. coach. It's like, all right, I know the game already on the floor and I could tell like, all right, what, what is it? What he's thinking, what he's thinking. I know my personnel. Okay. This is the type of, you know, offense or plays I need to draw up for these, mm-hmm. these guys, you know? So I think well, this, uh, is where, this is where, this is the way KD always wanted to play supposedly since he left OKC, right? Like he didn't want to always have the ball in his hands, you know, have to create offense, take tough shots, tough one-on-ones. Um, so, you know, when he went to the Warriors, they kind of got the ball out of his hands a little bit more. And I think that's kind of what we're going to continue to see with the Brooklyn Nets. Like, he's going to be very efficient. You know, your one to two dribble pull-up scorer, shoot over anybody, you know, get a lot of spot-up looks, get some easy post-ups around the basket. But, you know, I think, like you said, they took the model from Golden State, which a lot of teams have tried to do. They just didn't have the personnel. Yeah. The, um, the Nets have the personnel. I mean, they don't have Steph and Clay. obviously. You don't got the two best shooters ever. But, I mean, you got Kevin Durant, who's probably in the conversation, especially for somebody at his height. Kyrie, one of the best finishers, you know, outside the paint, inside the paint in general. So they have the pieces there. And Kyrie knows best because he lost to, to the Warriors, you know, two times already. So he knows best kind of what you got to do to play winning basketball and uh, positive signs, but don't want to overreact, like you said. This is game one. Yeah. And and another thing, too, man, I, I always um, – what I peep, too, that we got to get credit – that we got to give credit to is – and then granted, it's one game in, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not even counting the preseason. But the problems that they that the media was saying that they were going to have, they're not having, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it right. doesn't look like they're, you know, uh due for like a like a power, like a power structure thing. Like I feel like it's no little eyes or uh no big eyes or small U's in that building, man. I, I definitely think that everybody is uh, moving on one accord and I think it's going to be good for the betterment of the team. If they could keep it just like how they are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like spirit wise, uh, personnel wise, and just mindset wise, I feel like it's going to be something dangerous, you know? So we'll, we'll see on Christmas, you know, on Christmas, I think they'll have a much better, you know, test. I want to see them in the close game, you know, a little bit more of the late game X's and O's. That's kind of what I'm curious for them. Cause we, we really didn't see any of that against the Warriors pretty much a blowout from I'd say the first 10 minutes or so. So, yeah. you know, I want to see them in a tight game, you know, see where their late game sets are, see who they go into first for in a get win game winning situation. But uh, you know, like you said, gotta give credit where it's due, but just gotta give it a little bit more time before I start, you know, saying their relationships is perfect just yet. Cause they got they're gonna run into some adversity, you know. And when that happened with the Warriors, when uh they kind of you know him and Draymond got into arguments here and there. You know, mm-hmm. KD didn't respond the best. So, you know, let's see in a few games or 20, 40 games down the line, you know, how those relationships hold up. And also, too, man, you got a, uh, another thing. Um, I, I definitely don't want to just write the Warriors off. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, uh, granted, it was a tough game. And what they probably were playing against the number one contender from the East, you know. No, Dray- no Draymond either, you know, which is a yeah, big no part of their Draymond. defense and stuff, so. No Draymond. I liked how Wiseman looked. I like. I really liked how Ubre looked. So that just let me mm-hmm. know, like, all right, this is something. I feel like that's a long term move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I feel like that could definitely be a long term move because he could guard one through four, 
and mm-hmm. he'd be able to insert him at the three and put Clay back at the two. And you know, whether you know, you got Wiseman there, and maybe you would probably will and deal Wiggins and Draymond, you know, uh, just to get well, I may even just try getting something straight up for Wiggins off rip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, that's gonna be difficult. Draymond. You might. You might have to add a piece to to get rid of Williams at this point, but uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I like what the Warriors have. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited by what I saw from them game one. Yeah. I thought they were still trying to run like the classic Warriors offense, and I think what they're going to have to do, they're going to have to have a much more steady diet of pick and roll with Steph Curry. Like you know, yeah. that was you know that kind of used to be a little bit more of their offense 2015, 2016, but he kind of became a lot more of a you know come off down screens, pin downs get easier looks, elevator screens, you know, all that stuff. But this year, he's really going to have to be a monster in that pick and roll for them to succeed. But I wasn't encouraged what I saw from them game one. But like I said, no Draymond, who's that defensive anchor. They got time to grow. They're a young team. But, you know, that West is tough. So, you know, you don't want to get too get too down, especially they're in the uh, Lakers, Clippers, and Kings Conference. That's going to be a pretty tough division right there. For sure. Man, let's go ahead and get into this next one. Um, just, you know, and it, you know, it, it's it, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I just end up at a, at a loss for words, but this one, I, I, you know, I, I just really want you to get in on this just because I think the man, the myth, the legend, Paul, George, you know, PG, you know, one, one, you know, being known for one of the greatest, greatest chokers, is yeah. back. Is back. Thank you. We almost single-handedly knocked off the Lakers. I, I need to get your reaction, yeah. man. Let me let me know how you think about Paul George's performance. Do you think he's back? Um, will he be able to sustain this type of play through the whole season? You know, let me. Uh, you go ahead and kick it off, bro. For sure. Um. Man, I don't want to get too high and too low on anything Clippers related. You know, I'm not I'm not going to do that this season. This season, I'm going to just be real. Paul George, I, I really like what I saw from him game one. I mean, he looked very healthy. He looked good, but so did he last year. He didn't play in the opener last year, but, you know, he played very well against the Lakers in the regular season. Um, and it's, kind of, it's just it's unfortunate because no matter what Paul George does this season, it's going to be measured by the playoffs. So. You know, it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. We really just waiting for the playoffs to find out, you know, is he going to perform again or is he going to choke? Because he always – I'm not going to say he always looks that good. That that first game against the Lakers, that was some impressive stuff. I mean, yeah. he was making threes. He was getting to the rim. You know, his handle looked tight. And, like, when it was time to close the game out, he was pretty much the guy who closed the game out. When the Lakers brought it back close, you know, they brought it within two. He, he went on like a, started the run. Yeah. For sure. He went on like a 9-0 run. But yeah. all that being said, they still kind of almost folded it at the end with no LeBron and no AD in the, in the last, like, five, like seven minutes of the game, you know. Um, so I'm encouraged from what I saw from Paul George, but it's like, damn, bro, like, I wish we could speed up to the playoffs because until then I'm not going to give him any type of credit for putting up 30. Like, you can put up 30 on the – the Clippers treat their games against the Lakers like a seven – they treat that like game seven, you know. They come out to play. When it go, when it comes to the Lakers, but you know when it comes to clutch situations, mm, they're not they're not the same team. But they get amped up to play that crosstown rival, if you can consider them a crosstown rival. Yeah. Um, and you know they they got amped, they beat them. Uh, Kawhi looked good, PG looked good, but uh, oh, Serge Ibaka was a great pickup too. I think he's really going to help out the spacing of that team. You know, we talked about that before. 
is really going to help dudes like PG and Kawhi, you know, because supposedly they're running that triangle offense, getting uh, getting Kawhi closer looks to the basket, you know, getting PG wide open looks. And yeah, he is going to choke. We, we we know that. And that's why I'm not, I'm not about, to, I'm not ready to sit here and give him his credit just yet. He earned that money though. But what is back for PG though? You know, cause he's not a bad regular season player at all. Yeah. Like he's, really good you know two years ago he was top three mvp finalists you know last mm-hmm. year like 21 five and five like those were really good numbers but mm-hmm. just do it when it counts and that if this game one was anything to show what he's gone this season then you know the clippers might have a chance at that number one seed yeah i know uh one thing that I, you know it's all signs of him playing well is a good sign you know just because it it gets so so dark for so long when he gets playing bad that it's like all right i just need to see him play good mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like so Max, like let me see uh, something yeah like he i i enjoyed what he did he was definitely uh he definitely led the way for them even and just to just further speak to your point even if he could just like bro between 22 and 24 a night in the playoffs mm-hmm. that's all bro that's all Kawhi yeah. would need from him it's like 22 mm-hmm. 24 a night like you can't be coming out here having nine having seven having yeah. shooting one for 13 you know what i'm saying like that ain't gonna like even with the raptors bro Kawhi still had somebody that was still like you know siakam was gonna do something lowry was gonna, sure. gonna do something and even Van Vliet was going to do something. And Norman Powell. Your star, your star has to be – they have to have the ability to have a bad game. Like, you can't rely on your superstar to have a great game every single night. Like, that's yeah. exactly why it's important to have a team, you know. I and mean, if was, Michael was his best every night, then, you know, they wouldn't. he wouldn't need a Scotty to win championships. But right. it, it happens sometimes. It was even some some nights in this last, uh, this last postseason where they would win – and mm-hmm. he wouldn't do really too much of anything. And Kawhi would have like 28, but be shooting like seven or 29 or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. it'll just be a bad game, but he'll not seven to 29. That's crazy. 10 for 29. But it'll be, you know, a really bad game, but he'll still find a way how to nail and claw it out. One thing mm-hmm. I, uh, I do want to say that, that um, I don't like because I feel like it was a little too early. Um, and granted, I like Luke Kennard. I was on here talking about how I liked him more than Larry Shamit, but it's like, dude, y'all read him up for four years for sixty-four million? Like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? He's, like, not, I, he's not. He's not that guy, bro. He, he's never been close to that that type of guy. I, I was very shocked that they locked that money up, but maybe they made it a more tradable contract. I guess that's kind of what they're trying to do. But come yeah. on, man, four years, sixty-four million for somebody who put up fifteen on the Pistons, like. That that just doesn't sound right, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it really, it just really doesn't sound right as a contract. The eye yeah. test, like we talking about right now, the yeah. eye test can tell you he, Luke Kennard is not a sixty-four million dollar player. He's not a sixteen million dollar a year player. KCP is yeah. not even making that. You know, KCP not making that. Trez not making that. Ma- Marcus yeah. Morris is making that same thing, and he was a twenty point per game scorer at a point in New York. You know, like. Talking about guys who have done you know some things in the league to to warrant that type of money, and yeah. I don't see that from Luke Kennard at all. But you know, he's a sniper, I guess. But uh, so, what do you think of Lakers? What do you think about what you saw from them? Do you think that was uh, kind of like championship high? It, it kind of looked like they they came out like, eh, we just got our rings, like you know. Yeah, and like like I uh, said in the chat, I'm like, man, I really think they're gonna be cruising. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I 
it's nothing wrong with that. Like I I would expect that, especially coming off that. It was just in the final. So um I, I'm not mad at the crews, but I they just I feel like what they're gonna do, like well, not even gonna do, I feel like they'll be cool with say if it's a ten like ten every ten games, all right, mm-hmm. we lose three games, you know what I'm saying? Win seven. I feel like they're comfortable with that. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. though granted nobody really wants to lose, but some nights they're gonna want to get that rest. They're like, "Hey, man, they can have it this night." You know, sure. <laughs> like, you know, it's sure. not that serious, but I, I'm definitely liking Shooter. Shooter looked real good. Uh, he looked dude. He, he, he pretty much had that pick and roll looked pretty scary. I like what I saw from that. Yeah, he he gave you everything you would want to see from a from a six man, and you know he could Shooter could play starters minutes as well. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I gotta go back and peep. I ain't really tuned in and watch what KCP did. Did he decent? He played solid, like nine, ten points. Had a few threes. Some solid defense. Uh, The one person I wasn't really excited about from what I saw was Marcus Saul. But I also thought that was just an unfavorable matchup. Like if I'm Frank Vogel, you know, I'm gonna have a fluid starting lineup. Like some games, like against the Clippers, and you got a big that can shoot like Serge. I'm gonna go out there and probably start AD. Kuz, Bron, you know, and then fill out the other two, probably KCP and Dennis. But, you know, against somebody like that, Marcus Saul is a little slower, a little older at this point. I think he's better suited guarding your bigs like a Joel, you know, guarding your bigs like a Jokic. Uh, dudes who really aren't moving as much, but, you know, I think they're going to have to play with that for sure. He has zero points. And one thing I do want to uh, I want to say is I don't know why Frank, you know, he played uh, – Taylor Horton, like, t- mm-hmm. he played him heavy, you know. In the, uh, yeah, he did. But it's like, dude, play him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never like when coaches have dogs on the bench and don't play him. Like, bro, play him. He shows you he's more than capable. You know what I'm saying? When well, he, he got some minutes, he got he, some minutes down the stretch. Like, like third, fourth quarter, he started playing because that's when LeBron and AD. Like, you remember the Lakers made that run because it was a twenty point blowout at first. The yeah. Lakers made a run. And everybody's like, oh, the Clippers doing the Clipper shit again. You know, mm-hmm. allowing a comeback. They they allowed that comeback within the first half. What up, gang? Yo, yo, hey, yo, yo. What up, boy? Merry Christmas. Same to you, brother. Hey, Cot, yes, all the way from Maryland, man. East Coast. Cot, what's up, man? Man, just blessed to be here, man. Happy holidays, y'all, man. Man, like Same to you, brody. We, yes, we in the middle of this uh, of this PG topic, and we just kind of got to veering off. We got to talking about the, uh, the Lakers and how they uh, showed up that night. Like I said, Shooter did well. Um, I, I definitely like what I seen from him, and I feel like they're gonna keep coasting out. With Cop, what I said is, I feel like for every ten games, I feel like they would be cool with losing three. Like I for feel sure. like you know, just because they coming off that 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 finals run and winning the championship, that they they know they need rest to be able to tune it up and uh, in order to win another one. Right. But the thing I did say is I don't like how Vogel. I, I need him to play. Uh, Horton and some minutes that matter. You know what I'm saying? Like they they just paid Kuzma. I didn't really like what I seen from him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I really didn't I like liked what him. I saw from him in the second half because well, he was playing with THT. Him and him and Horton Tucker played together, and it looked it looked solid when he was with that second unit. I didn't like what I saw from him with Bron. Why put the body like body him? I'm like, 
bro, you you like four years in now, bro. Like you, you know what I'm saying? You got to do something else now. Like he Kawhi yeah, body invest. Like damn, nigga, like do something. Like nigga, just try to stay in front of it. Like niggas was getting laylays. I'm like, bro, just stay in front of him. Like just try yeah. to stay in front of somebody, bro. But, you know, this, what's crazy is that he actually has a pretty fair, like, team-friendly deal, I'd say. Like, Kyle Kuzma, I mean, he's, like you said, he's in his fourth year, 6'9", dude with a clip, three years, 40 million. Or, that's that's a pretty good extension yeah. when dudes like Luke Kennard is getting four years, 64, you know. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty team-friendly contract, i say, especially for a team that's already locked up big money in LeBron and AD. Because uh, yeah. if Kuzma develops into anything, you get him at really cheap. That's basically, like, 12, 13 million a year. That's really cheap for a guy who's that size and can shoot it. Joe Harris got four years, 72 million, you know, and he's like six, four sniper. Barely. He's not even starting. So, you know, if you can get a guy like cool, let's, let's not get crazy. Yeah. Though. We, we know yeah. Harris is surgical. No, he can snipe it, but he's not starter potential. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't consider him a starter on that Nets team. Uh, he's, not hey, hey, he, he starts on that Nets He started. Team. Yeah. He started last night. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he is sniper, but seventy-two M's. You know, that's that's not team friendly. I wouldn't consider that a team friendly deal. But Kuz, you know, he he got potential. Um, like you said, he got to get a little stronger still. He uh, getting there, but you know, they were coasting. To your point, they was coasting. But what I did see from LeBron and AD when they were in the game, I liked it. Like AD, he was shooting the mid ranges. He was knocking it down. He he didn't take too many shots. Bron looked like he was healthy. You know, he really didn't even play the last seven minutes of the game. So that to me, Frank Vogel was just like, you know, that young guys, go get some experience, try to lead a comeback, which they almost did actually. And I was behind THT, Caruso, Kuz, and, and uh Montrez. So I like what I saw from them, but I like what I saw from the Clippers too. But you know, we can't measure the Clippers, especially Paul George, by one uh season opener. Facts. Scott, let me get your uh thoughts. You think PG back, do you think he'd be able to sustain this play? Uh, just your thoughts real quick on the Lakers uh, and what they did. Man, uh, I will say that I was impressed by the way PG came back and responded um, from his poor playoff performance. Uh, you can't necessarily call it, can't jump the gun. This is game one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The only way you can say that if you see consistency throughout multiple games. Uh, we got we can answer that question when we halfway through the season, you know. Next. Um, but I, I do like uh, that is a good first impression if uh you know he backed up what he was saying um at least in game one like i said uh and the game man it was just all around exciting uh, uh i like what i saw from both teams um i think that sergi baka was a great pickup for for uh, the clippers um sure. he, showed, he stretched the floor he was he was banging down there um, I also like the the Nicholas Platoon pickup for for the Clippers as well. That gives them some veteran some veteran. Uh, you know, he was cheap too. A, a cheap player, veteran. You know, you know what I'm saying six seven six eight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. My bad, real quick. So does Charlotte take up the 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 uh, the twenty seven million of that contract? Yeah, yeah. yeah they still pay, they still paying him, but it's stretched over like some more years. You know. And that's why the Clippers was able to get him on that that minimum because you can't really, you know, get, sign another big deal. You're already making a lot. But yeah. to your point, before you hopped on about Serge, I said I, I agree with you saying like he was a great pickup. But I was also saying that Vogel on the other end, you know, this was a good test for him because he gets to see he already needs to have a fluid starting lineup. Like certain games like Marcus Gasol guarding a shooting big, a stretch big, that's not going to work. But, you know, you, you probably start AD at the five, Kuz at the four. Brian at the three, you know, 
But Marcus saw, I kind of saw he was just a little bit slow. Maybe he came in. You know, I think he's a better matchup for your Joel Embiid's, you know, for your Jokic's, you know, guys who like to really like bang around the basket, finesse moves. But Serge is a that's perfect for the Clippers, for the spacing, especially for this triangle offense that they're running too. Right. I mean, I, w- I will say that to that Mark Gasol point, I wasn't too impressed by what I saw. Me neither. I, I, I initially, when I when I heard the signing, uh, I wasn't too big on it. I thought that what made the Lakers so good last year was the fact that all five of their positions can run the floor. Um, Dwight Howard got out and ran with the team. JaVale McGee. Uh, of course, Anthony Davis, you know, he's a big guard for real. But um, by signing Mark Gasol, that, that kind of threw off the balance of what made them. You know what I'm saying? They were deadly in transition. He can't he can't do that. Plus, I mean, you're talking about banging that in, like, with him banging with uh, the Jokic's and uh, the other bigs who who aren't stretches in the league. Like, I don't even know if he, he still has that. In all honesty, that's uh, the – I don't know about that. I mean, he was in foul trouble last game, so it was kind of hard to – he had five fouls, you feel me, pretty early. Like, it was kind of hard to tell. But when he was with the Raptors last year, he was a pretty plus – I say he was a plus defender for sure. Got, got yeah. Of course, then, I would have kept the white. Yeah, I would have kept the white. Even JaVale. I can't even they lie. Try, they tried to keep the white, though. But I think with, with Marcus saw like – yeah, they lose a little bit of, of like floor running and stuff, but then they added somebody like Dennis, who's you feel me, a, a pace pusher, like already fast. They added Montrez off the bench, who's just as I'm fast, sure. just as quick yeah. on the floor. Right. But Marcus Hall, I think the one component that they add with him is playmaking. So we didn't get to see it in game one because he was in foul trouble a lot. But like him operating out that high post area, it'll yeah. help out definitely with right. the half half court offense. But to your point, it will slow them down just a little bit. But, you know, everybody else is going to have to get in, fill the lanes. But one thing about him that Dwight and JaVale couldn't do, he can trail and step into a three. So, you know, even if you're losing a little bit of speed, you you gain a little bit more floor space. He's not the best three-point shooter, but he's very capable. So, you know, you can hit him in the trailer even if he's not running. But to your point, I would have kept Dwight as well, but Dwight bolted. So I think he was a solid move. You know, they rebounded pretty well from the uh, losing. I mean, that's a great point you make, Nick. He definitely gives them that different dynamic. Um, but uh, along uh, other than him, I liked uh, what I saw from Schroeder. I like what I saw from um, like THT, even Trez. Um, so I mean, the Lakers is game one. No need to overreact. Brown got the the uh, minor ankle tweak at the end of the game, and like you said, Vogel let the the second unit do their thing, try to close it out, then force it. Um, so. I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be an interesting season. I don't think I didn't see too big of a drop off, and uh, it was a very interesting game. Yeah, I, it's definitely something like I feel like you know these are two teams we definitely got to keep an eye on just because the Clippers they're trending even though it was one game. You know they could keep this going and be trending in the right direction. And let's see if you know uh, if kind of trying to prove and kind of trying to conserve energy comes for a detriment for the Lakers, you know. So this could be, you know, two good things to definitely watch for. But let's go ahead and get get it kicking into this next one, man. Another one. You know, just the usual, a Mike and Friends usual guy, man. He's a usual suspect. Always <laughs> on the scene. We got the boy, Jay Harden. And I ain't even know what the name is. I just know he's fooling again. You know what I'm saying? Again. <laughs> I'm a uh, Kai. I just need you to give your thoughts and you know just reaction to everything was going on surrounding the guy. Um, you think he's making this situation any better? Um, 
is he becoming less of less of a asset or you know I, I just need to get your thoughts about what's going on man man hard and hard and hard dude I can't you know what I'm saying like it, it, it just shows a level of unprofessional unprofessionalist like you don't want uh like he's kind of getting labeled into that guy that gets the bag and and then kind of loses what he's about, you know what I mean? Like, don't don't forget, don't 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 lose that humbleness to you, dude. Like, oh no, you know like, <laughs> my man, Liddy. man, he stay he stay he on a yacht. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, hey, we we kind of had we had this conversation a couple weeks ago, so nothing has really changed. Um, I, I think. I mean, he, he kind of take he kind of took advantage of you know the sense of power he has there in Houston, um, and even amongst the league too, he feels like he's a which he is he's a top guy in the league. He feels like he's a major asset, so he can get away with more, more things that another player can't. Um, and I mean, it's it's backfiring on him because to Adam Silver, he's not playing that like you got a strict protocol, like it, it won't be tolerated by anybody, and that's how you you know what I'm saying you. You demand respect, even though it might not be demanded in in uh, the Houston organization. And like I said, Adam Silver has a league wide, um, you know, some protocols that, that you must follow by. And I mean, it's just not a good look, dude. Like, it's I mean, it's one thing if he just if he did this and this wasn't a global pandemic going on. Exactly, on, bro. Like, it, it's a pandemic. You put your teammates at risk. Like now, like the Houston Rockets had to. The late game one. I don't know if it was specifically because of him, but I mean, he definitely could be. He part of it. Uh, part of it. He's part of it. Sure. Um, they didn't have eight players. They had like right. three players test positive for COVID. Four of them was quarantined. Then um, Harden broke the protocol, so they had yeah. like seven or eight niggas out. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I will. I will say I do like how he tried to come out and say like, "Yeah, man, that wasn't no strip club. I was just uh, supporting the home girl. She be putting the homies on." I just happened <laughs> you know, to be by a stripper. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. happened to be with a stripper. Like, no, it's yeah. not a. It was, you wasn't at a strip club, but you was at a party with strippers. Jay Harden. Like, you're not hey. really making. You're not making nothing better, bro. Like, this is my thing about Jay Harden. It's just so blatantly disrespectful at this point. Like, the stuff he's doing is really like compromising. I've never seen somebody self-sabotage that image as much as what he's doing right now. Like, he has been the face of this Houston franchise for seven, eight years now. The Houston fans love him. Like, he's delivered that, you know, he's gotten them to conference finals, albeit he hasn't won anything, you know. But at the end of the day, bro, like, you got to give your fans some type of respect, bro. Like, the fans want you to show up. They want you to play. They want you to be that superstar. And you're acting like you're just an average player. Like, bro, you can't break protocol and miss games. You're the 36 point per game scorer. Like, that's not really that replaceable, you know? I mean, like, they got guys now, they got Jay Wall, they got Demarcus, but it's just kind of sad to see that he's doing this because, like, even his statement, like, yeah, I was at my friend's like event, but bro, like, you know, you weren't supposed to be there. And, like, you know, it doesn't sound like any real numbers to us, but that's 50K. He, he got uh, fined for violating this time. Every game that he misses out, he's going to lose $256,000. You know that that don't that may not sound like something to somebody who turned down a fifty million dollar, a hundred million dollar digit for two years, but Shit for your average man, that's what I'm saying. For your average American, <laughs> average American, that's four years worth of salary. You know, yeah. um, 
So it's just like, man, I, I really don't like the way he's handling it. I think it's pretty embarrassing. Um, and I think to your point, Micah, he's kind of reduced his trade value. Like, I think any franchise that trades for Jay Harden right now is kind of going to be labeled as like, you know, they're really they're willing to take on the shit show. Like Brooklyn has already came out and said they're not going to do that. KD said himself, we're not and worried about that. You got to like salute KD for saying yeah. like, man, hey, I ain't talking about that nigga. Facts, like you feel me? And that's, that's how he's supposed to play it because he's, yeah. he's literally, right now he's a media disaster. Like everything that he's doing, it's literally videos of dude surrounded by strippers, videos of dude at parties with no mask on. Like, bro, it's a, like Kai said, I don't have no type of moral judgment about the strip clubs, bro. People been going to strip clubs for years. Like, you're an NBA athlete. If you want to spend money at the strip club, by all means. But during a pandemic, when you're supposed to be, you know, setting an example, like he didn't start coronavirus. It's not, it's not Jay Harden's fault, obviously, but you know, you're supposed to be setting an example, not just for the league, but you feel me, the rest of America. Like the NBA was kind of a major example during the bubble, you know, of how to kind of deal with coronavirus if you're a business and a sport. So I mean, he's really kind of compromising a little bit of the integrity of the league. So he's kind of it's really turning me off as a fan of Jay Harden. Uh, his actions as a lately. It, it's just very sloppy. Like, I haven't seen anybody sabotage themselves this much to get out of a situation that's not that bad. It's, it's just not that bad of a situation for him to be acting like this. One thing, like, you know, would it kind of remind me of, I don't know if y'all used to watch WWE as a shorty, but you know, I <laughs> uh, kind of plant the story and try to make the, they call it a heel. They try mm-hmm. to make you know how they made Stone Cold like the crowd love him. Then they made him to one of them guys that the crowd hate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, man, I, I really don't get hard. And you know, last time we had this conversation about him uh, going to the to the little baby party and things like that. I really didn't have a problem with it, just because it, you know the season didn't start, and I felt like he was well within his right to do so. Which, like y'all said, he is well within his right to go to the strip club. But now. No, you know what I'm saying? Not with the league going on, not with the protocol. And when things start to become a distraction for the organization of the team as a whole, that's when I have problems. Like, if you want to go and screw off with yourself, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just affecting you. But you got to know, like, who a type of player you are. And now the, the, the causes, the consequences are for everybody, not just you, you know? So, um, uh, I'm really surprised the league didn't make them forfeit this game and just count it as an L since the since OKC was ready to go. But I felt like they're probably trying to be just a little bit softer on the Rockets right now because they understand what's going on. And, I, you know, um, one thing, too, you know, uh, Cop, that you said was them just giving them too much power. They gave Harden yeah. extremely too much power. And granted, of course, superstars and stuff like that get special treatment. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying this should just be a limit on that. And superstars, you got to know, like, all right, I'm not going to abuse this power. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with Kawhi and them, that was, they were slightly abusing their power, showing up late and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's abusing power. I'm sure Kobe probably had all those same rights, and he probably even more than what, they, than what other people but had. he backed it up. Yeah, he but – I, I doubt Kobe was late for practices. I doubt he was late for team playing because, like, that – that's just punctuality. That's professionalism. You know, you can abuse your power without going outside the lines of professionalism. Like, you know, if you just, you know, kind of bullying the coach to, you know, run sets that you want, you know, getting guys on the floor that you want to be on the floor, you know, even personnel decisions. Like, I think Jay Harden should have had a hand in personnel decisions. Maybe not as much as he should. He he did. But, you know, you got to consult your star player about who he wants to play with. 
But, you know, the messed up thing about this is that, you know, he does have too much power, but this isn't the front office or coaching staff that gave him all this, this power. You know, yeah. Steven Silas is a brand new coach. Um, Raphael Stone, the brand new GM. Like, you know, these aren't the same guys that gave him this freedom. We're kind of messed up now. They're like, they have to come in and automatically start dealing with dude's foolishness. He hasn't even really given them a chance to, you know, kind of show them that they can be a good coach or good GM. And I think they've done a good job so far. And now that, that was the thing, too, I, I definitely wanted to highlight as well is that, you know, uh, and I talked about it on one of the previous episodes. Like, hey, this front office isn't who Harden, you know, who he loves. He loves Dan Tom, He loves Daryl Moore. He loves all the guys that's going to enable him and let him do whatever he wants to do, which I get. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the type of guy he is. So, he, of course, he don't want nothing to change up on him. But now I want everybody to be aware, like, teams are, are really going to start – like less and less giving like superstars like power to do shit. Like it's gonna probably be a little bit more, um, a little bit more, um, just a little bit more structure and everything around what's going on. You know, just because people aren't people aren't gonna let you get all this power and then screw off with and do whatever you want with it. Like teams like Boston, you see why they pulled out the James Harden sweet stage because it's like shit. I got two two wing players that could drop thirty. And they're not, sure. they're not, you know, needy of anything. They're not, they're not wanting anything so, so out, so astronomical, out the ordinary from everybody else. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting special requests. They're not getting special privileges. So why would I add somebody to my organization that's going to want special privileges? No, mm-hmm. I might as well just cancel that out. You know what I'm saying? And keep rocking with these young boys that got potential. So, uh, Man, Harden definitely hurt his trade value, too, as well. That was one thing I wanted to hit on, just because already they were going to have to get pennies on the dollar for James Harden, whether that was 70 to a dollar or mm. right now, which I think is probably 50 cent on the dollar for him. You know, I definitely think you're not going to be able to fully compensate the loss of James Harden. And part of that is Houston's fault because you waited so late, you know. Yeah. I would have tried to get this done yeah, at least – at least when uh free agency was going on or off season or something or started putting calls in. Cause they seen where this is going, you know, and it's, they should have already uh, made plans and stuff to get, take care of this stuff, but they didn't. And now, you know, you see what's going on, but my last point before I let y'all rebuttal and chime back in, I don't think all is lost though. Cause you can't tell uh, Chris no. was don't want to play with Harden. The shit exactly. looked good when they played Gordon. Eric Gordon, it looked good when they played. Even Wall and uh, Cousins, it, they looked good on the fort, on the court all together. So I don't think all is lost. I feel like if they can savage it and, you know, uh, fix the relationship, I feel like they should. But if it's just too far gone to where he keeps, like, hurting his trade value, you got to let him walk because you're going to end up, for what I think now, they'll probably get 50 cent back on the dollar. They may be down to 30 cent. You know what I'm saying? If something else happens, y'all got to the issue with that is that, like, you're never – the thing is, trading a superstar or a contract like Jay Harden, you're going to have to get players back. Either you're going to have to throw in a lot of terrible players back to make the money work, or you're going to have to include some type of good players. And I think that's kind of been the the disconnect on, you know, a lot of front offices. Like, were the Sixers willing to give up Ben Simmons? Like, that's a $30 million contract. Could have helped make the money work. You know, mm-hmm. maybe throw in somebody like, a you know, Danny Green, who they got now. I mean, they could have made it work, but, like, are you willing to give up a star for somebody who we kind of seen their potential in the playoffs? Like, I like Jay Harden, L.A. dude, you know, 
I like what he brings to the floor talent wise, but you know, uh, I just too much of a right now to like kind of take that on, especially to give up young assets. Like he is 32 years old. I mean, you're going to have to worry about a contract extension soon, but uh, like Micah said, I think he's going to not ruin it for the rest of the league, but you know, teams are going to take note of what's going on right now with Jay Hart in that next CBA. They're going to try to figure out ways to kind of decrease a little bit of the like player empowerment. Cause you know, we've seen a lot of players uh, ask for trades publicly you know, asked to force their way out of situations. And, like, for the league and teams, it's kind of unfair. Um, in essence, like, don't sign the don't sign the five-year contract if you're just going to ask out in year two. That's kind of where the teams are going to start thinking. So it's going to be interesting in that next CBA to see how, like, the NBA and, like, the teams represented, you know, go about that. Because you could get fined. You, you know, they could increase the fines. They can increase a lot of penalties for uh, asking for these trades because I would personally as a business. Yeah. I, and I know that's one thing too. I want to highlight, like, and because he's messing it up for the the guys as a whole. Because granted, the NBA, you know, what I'm saying it's it's a monopoly anyway. Because if you're good at in the uh, NBA uh, in basketball and you want to play professionally, where are you gonna go? To the NBA. So you know, what I'm saying it's a monopoly already. And you think these owners are not gonna be able to put something in play where it's like, hey, bro. Like, man, you doing all this, we should have the right to cut you right then and there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the CBA is going to be big, bro. So it'll just be yeah. interesting to see how they uh just uh put something together about that. Kai, you got anything else on that? Nah, man, y'all hit the nail on the head with that, man. Uh, he's definitely he's definitely making it tougher on, on guys in the league because the GMs, man, it's just a bad look for the organization, man. I know the game is changing. Like it's getting more. Yeah, no. and it's it's a, like they're trying to progress it. After you know, what I'm saying I, I've I've talked to a GM personally, and he he said like the one of the first things they look at nowadays is what type of person are you? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like because they're starting to realize that the players on their on their roster they affect the whole image of the organization, and no one is bigger than the image of the organization. I mean, right now, I mean, Harden, like you said, the previous management, coaching staff, they gave him that larger-than-life persona, you know what I mean? And it's sad that a guy like him who has so much power and so much influence is, you know what I'm saying, abusing his his, uh, his position like that. So um, there's definitely going to be some changes in the future. Hopefully, I mean, I feel like Jay Harden, he, he's still um, – he's not – I don't think he's a lost cause. Uh, he still loves the game. He just loves the party as well. So man, it's it's a tough time we going going. It's tough times we got going on right now. But I mean, you gotta abide by those provisions, man. Just to keep, you know what I'm saying you gotta re remember what made you that multi-millionaire. So, um, like I said, I, I think that uh, speaking of trade destinations for him, though, um, like I, I really would like him to see him in that Clippers uniform. I think that's option. You know, what I'm saying him for Paul George. I think that I think that could be a, a vital op option for me. You know what I'm saying two big contracts that they could take on. You know what I'm saying swap out, uh, and then just a change of scenery. Like I mean, I, I'm still not too sold on that Clippers team. I think that uh, Kawhi and PG they kind of you know what I'm saying they operate in sort of the same space. Um, so you gave Hard hard now there. That's a different dynamic, but that's another topic. That's another topic. Thanks, man. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and roll over to this next one, man. And this one, another one. a lot of good conversation in the group chat. I need to know what are y'all because the NBA is looking into adding new teams and expansion teams into the league. 
I want to know what are some good destinations that you all think are should be like the number one spots that the NBA should look at. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get it cracking first, man. And this uh, no particular order, but Vegas, man. I, I gotta say Vegas just because I feel like it needs to be more teams on the West Coast. You know, it once you look at the map, you understand like all right, it ain't really no no really no no hits outside outside of uh, California on the West side. Of course, you got Portland Jazz. Denver and the Suns, but other than that, everything from Texas in, you know, it, it's crazy. So definitely, I feel like the West needs some more teams. I feel like uh, Vegas would be a good spot. Of course, you got the gambling going on there. You got uh, you got football. That football team is there. They took off this year, and you're seeing that the that the fans and the uh, community is really wrapping their arms around them. So I feel like. The, uh, adding a basketball team to that city would definitely be a good addition for that city. It, it feels like it's a, a win-win all the way around. Then another place, Virginia Beach. Virginia once had, well, I don't know if they was a full NBA team. It may have been like one of the little uh, developmental leagues, but they had the Virginia Squirts. If, they, if Virginia, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Squirts. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a G League name right there. Yeah, the only, only reason why I remember that is because um, my OG and uh, my pops was in the in the Navy, and you know they biggest naval base is in Virginia Beach. So uh, I used to have a Virginia Beach jersey when I was a shorty, you know, and all I was the only one out of all my brothers that wasn't born in Virginia Beach. Everybody else was, was born in Virginia Beach, so. Uh, I feel like they'd be a good look too, just because it a, it's a good little area. It's kind of middle ground on the east side. Like you could get to the south relatively fast. You get up north to New York and there relatively fast. So uh, I definitely think Virginia Beach would be a good area, just because you know, and they have a population too, and it's a basketball state. Virginia isn't a football state. They don't have a football team either. But I mean, they they claim they Washington fans, but it's a basketball state. So there. Uh, yeah. And me and Kyle agreed on this in the chat. Mexico City. I feel like Mexico needs to get into the action, man. I feel like, you know, we got a team up in Canada, which may not be for long because they, they look like they turning into the Tampa Bay uh, Raptors. But, man, I, I think Mexico need a team, bro. I feel like that would be a good look. Um, and especially just uh, adding more people into the mix, man. Like getting the, the Latino culture into the – and to basketball, even more. Uh, granted, I know that there is a big Latino uh, fan base for the Lakers. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we, it could further expand, you know, if we put a team there and give them some some players to wrap their arms around, you know. Uh, sure. uh, let me give – I'm going to give two more. San Diego, just because big city. Sure. You know, you get the traffic outside of L.A., so I feel like that would be a good look. And Austin, Texas. And I get it. They got San Antonio, Dallas, Houston right there. But Austin is turning into the biggest city in Texas. Um, no football there outside of uh, the University of Texas football. And they die hard for that. But I feel like Austin, Texas definitely deserves a basketball team. Because there's no way. There's no way you're not going to make your cheese back from that, bro. There's no sure. way. But uh, yeah, I like that one, I actually like that Austin, Texas one. I ain't even thought about that because like yeah. that and that and Dallas, like both those kind of like expanding communities, like expanding mm -hmm. metropolitan communities. So that's a good one. But I'm gonna go ahead and give my two that uh, I said in the chat. So the first one, I think probably the most obvious one uh, is probably Seattle. Uh, you know, them having the Super Sonics before, even to this day, people still like clamor for this uh, 
for the Supersonics. Um, and Seattle is like a very big basketball town. You get a lot of dudes that come out of UW. I mean, you got Isaiah Thomas in the last few years, Marquise Chris, Markel Fultz, Matisse Thybul. You know, they're a big basketball hub up there in Seattle. I mean, J- Jamal Crawford, like they got some yeah, really big names that come out of the Seattle area, and they love basketball and they love sports. Like they love, they ride hard for the Seahawks, and you know, they ride hard for their uh, college teams out there. So I think Seattle is probably the most obvious destination, and it also makes sense geographically. You know, you put some, uh, put some up there like kind of in that same sphere where Portland is, you know, kind of fill that up a little bit. Um, and then I'd say Kansas City was the other one that we talked about. One, the mayor, where the governor has been like pushing hard for another professional franchise. And like, they are kind of another like big time sports town. Like obviously you got the Chiefs who just came off a title, but then you got uh, the Royals who came off a title in 2015. Um, I wouldn't consider them a football town. I mean, they are in the South, per se, but like I wouldn't consider them married to football because they're also not that far from Oklahoma City. And we know we see what type of traffic and what type of fans OKC brings into the games, especially when they have a good team. So I think geographically also, if you add Seattle and add Kansas City, you got, you know, it kind of makes sense for the map and travel and distance and everything. Um, But yeah, you know, I, I thought a little bit more about your guys' idea about Mexico City. I don't think that that's a, you know, a terrible idea. Uh, I think it's actually a pretty solid idea if they did want to go to like, you know, just add another country on uh, their roster. But, you know, it, it would just have to depend on how big like the market is for for a team down there. Uh, Mexico doesn't produce too many hoopers. They love basketball, especially where I'm from in L.A. Um, but, you know, maybe try to expand that market. Like you said, Mike, could get some more Hispanic, you know, Latino uh, consumers. Facts. Scott, what you got? Man, I took all my spots, man. Like, damn. <laughs> I got nothing from Idaho and, and uh, yeah. Florida, like, but nah. <laughs> uh, I, I like, uh, like you said, like we said, like in Mexico, I think that's a great area. Um, this, you know, just expanding the game. It's a global game nowadays, just taps into a whole different market. Um, a team like Mexico, they don't have any professional sports over there, or at least American professional sports. So, I mean, it's definitely a, a, a close geographic location where it would be easy for, to travel for teams and also you know what i'm saying just gives uh taps to a whole different demographic so i think that could be a great look um and i'm gonna have to go other than that i'm gonna have to go let's throw a team down birmingham alabama man you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. no, that's predominantly a, a football a football state but they, they like basketball down there as well um and not just not football you know what i'm saying they uh right right down there in the south you know, Thoman. They've been putting out some hoopers in Alabama lately, too. They do put out hoopers down there. I feel like it's an underrated hoop state. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like that could be a, a you know, saying demographic they could tap into. And they would, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. be relatively, good, relatively, relatively good support from um, the community down there. The yeah. players going to have to get security coming from coming from practice in Birmingham, Alabama. They're going to have to have full cherries. Birmingham got some good tucks, though. Like, it ain't like, you know, it ain't really too bad. It, they got some good tucks out there to where you could, you know, live out in a good community and be able to drive to work, you know, real chill. But Birmingham mm-hmm. is definitely a good, a good joint. Um, another one I had on my list that I didn't really say was uh, Baltimore. Right? Mm. I, was, I put Baltimore slash Pittsburgh. And I... Um, Okay. I get it, like, you know, Baltimore is close to Philly, so I, I get it, like, why they wouldn't. But uh, Pittsburgh, because I seen that. Uh, you know, I, Baltimore, I, 
Yeah, I seen that Columbus wanted a team, Columbus, Ohio, which Pittsburgh is close to. But yeah. Cleveland, like, man, hell no, nah, because if Columbus is a team, we out of here. <laughs> like, we, the Cleveland team go. Like, so uh, it's definitely some politics behind that. But um, definitely Pittsburgh or Baltimore, I think those two spots would be good too. But um, let's roll over to this next one, man. Uh, the next one is what player has the most pressure on them this season, man? And I'm I'm gonna start this one off too, just because I feel like it's not it's on the press, and I feel like ain't nobody really really saying it. I think Dame, I think it's gonna be Dame got some pressure this year because you you know you didn't been paid twice, you know, and I I get it, Dame. I feel like he's one of them guys. He's definitely gonna be able to live up to it. He's a friend of the uh of the of the page, all oh, that. So definitely shout out to Dame. But I feel like it's pressure on. You know, they they got some good pieces out there. Um, the West is definitely still strong, like it always was. But I feel like if it if it was ever time for him, now's the time. You know, I, I feel like now's the time for sure. Um, my next one is PG. Just cause if you, if you fold this year, like I, I I get it. I know I put them on my scrub list, but it's gonna be like certified, like it's gonna be like undeniable in the like, we, we may we may never be able to talk about PG again. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he might be his name might be banned off this show type shit. You yeah, we're, we're Drake yes. back to back. I I don't want to hear about it ever again. <laughs> be better off as being his friends. I do not want to hear about PG if he choked. So um him and lastly I got Simmons and MB just because everything in that in that organization has changed but those two guys you know all those two mm-hmm. guys that remain the same they got rid of pieces got pieces front office has changed so now it's make a break time so you got to strap your nuts on to make something happen this year you know so those those uh i can't say three but four players or who i feel like had the most pressure on this year who y'all got man i'm a uh cop who you got man i'm have to go Kyrie Irving, man uh, I'm a Brooklyn fan. I'm, you know, what I'm saying 2020, 2021 NBA champions. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, I feel like it's all on him though. Like yeah. I'm looking at that roster. I'm looking how they, the, the makeup. Man, they go 11, 12 deep with solid guys. And I feel like you, you keep hearing the, the controversy around the team, and everything comes back to Kyrie Irving. Like he always, it yeah. always comes back. Can he be that team player? Can he be a true leader? Um, which he hasn't tr- really uh, displayed in the past. Uh, I feel like that he's he's trying to rebuild his reputation from what happened his time in Boston, um, which he which he didn't prove himself to be that true point guard. And um, it, it's like yeah, I feel like it's they have all the talent in the world. You have the best score ever, you know what I'm saying, alongside you, uh, at least arguably one of the best. Um, and you know what I'm saying, you got everything you need. Great, great system, head coach. Uh, you know, just all everything falls back on, on his shoulders. Can he continue to be that team guy? Can he can he continue to make the right plays? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's on him if they really want that championship. Because uh, I feel like you know you know what you're going to get out of Kevin Durant. You know what you're going to get out of those those role guys that they have. So kind of the, the wild card. Um, other than him, uh, I'm have to go. Uh, Paul George, like you said, uh, Michael, um, for all the obvious reasons that you named, um, he got to he got to rebuild his name, man. He got to like last year he, he left a well, shit. These last 
couple years in the playoffs, kind of left a sour taste in, in Paul and Paul George fans' mouth. You know what I'm saying? Donovan Mitchell dropped forty five on him. Yeah, as a rookie. Yeah, and then and then you know he was talking that talk in the, in the, in the uh, off season like I'm back. Um, listening to Kobe motivational interviews when he works out every day, like, come on, dude, don't throw Kobe name out there like that if you ain't gonna back if it you, up. If you ain't, and he that, did that, game that, one, but he better. You can right. only measure Paul George by the playoffs at this point. That's right. it. That's you it, man. So, um, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> let me let me let me get into my most disappointing. Let me get one more. Let me get one more. Okay. Last one, I'm gonna go Greek freak. Late <laughs> Nate, that was one of yours. No, that was my that was my first one on the list. I'm, and I'm gonna let you expand on the Nate. Go ahead, man. Uh, man, I gotta agree with you. I think Giannis is under immense pressure this year. I mean, two time MVP. I don't think anybody would take two time MVP from dude. You look at his regular season stats, regular season award. But I mean, the last two years, the way he's gone out in the playoffs haven't really been that encouraging. Like, it kind of just looks like teams found a formula and are able to stick to that formula. Like, you know, he's 25, 26. Like, this is the time where he's supposed to, you know, he signed that Supermax deal. This is the time he's supposed to ascend into that upper echelon. Like, he already is in terms of accolades and numbers. But, you know, by the eye test in the playoffs, he's not one of the top five guys in the league when it comes down to winning game, meaningful games, like, in contending for championships. I think, uh, you know, they got Drew Holiday this year. Um, they kind of rebuilt the roster a little bit, brought in Torrey Craig, uh, Brent Forbes, some shooters. May not have the best roster, but, I mean, you're a two-time MVP. You're supposed to deliver, you know. Uh, and last year, they would have got – I think they would have got swept had he had played every game because, you know, the offense had just gotten a little too predictable. Um, but I like what I saw from him against the Celtics, but then again, he came up short in a clutch moment um, with the free throw. So I think it will be a lot of pressure on him to deliver this year. Um, my number two – uh, Steph Curry, because, you know, everybody's, you know, expecting Steph to come back, you know, have a great year, maybe get this team to the playoffs. But from what I've seen from them, especially in game one, that'll be a very difficult task. And if it's one thing we haven't really seen with Steph Curry and well, since he's kind of been in his prime is, the you know, him having to solely lead a team, especially as the offensive option. Like now, you know, there's no clay, no Draymond. You got Kelly. I mean, you got. Marquise Chris, you got James Wiseman. Those are some talented guys, but I mean, it's really going to have to be on the shoulders of Stephen Curry to get them back to the playoffs, or or else I just don't see it happening. And if they miss the playoffs, I think that's a disaster for the Warriors this year. If everybody's healthy, I think if the Warriors miss the playoffs, that's a, that's a disaster. And then I'm gonna go one more. This might be a surprise to y'all, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Devin Booker because you know this is the, after that Aiden O performance in the bubble. You know, he was averaging close to 30, like six and seven, you know, putting up monster numbers that we all know he could do. I think this is the year he has to get into the playoffs. You got Chris Paul there. You got Mikel Bridges, an elite defender. Cam Johnson, who we talked about as being an iffy pick last year, kind of showed he could do some things. You got Aiden there. Um, and I think it would be really disappointing for a lot of people if the Suns didn't make the playoffs. So I got to go with a, I got to go probably D Booker as my third one. He got to lead this team. I mean, Chris Paul is the, the point guard, you know, but he got pieces now. I don't want to see him be on the fringe. Like, I want to see the Suns compete for that six, seven seed. No, not even six, seven. I want to see them compete for that four, maybe five seed. And I think they can. And if, but if they don't make the playoffs like the Warriors, then I think that's a big time miss. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Man, y'all have some good ones. That that Giannis one, I ain't want to say him, but I, I got, he got he got to. Yeah, he definitely got it. He definitely got to put on this season. But like y'all said, he's still young. He, you know what? Sure. Uh, yeah, twenty six. This time twenty six. So he he should be all right though. But I got an honorable mention too. Kawhi Leonard should be on that watch list as well. I mean, if you go out, I mean, for example, if you go out this year because we can't solely blame the three one blown lead, you know, on Paul George. I mean, it was, it's, you know, it's a team sport and those two are the guys that was pretty embarrassing. If they go out again and lay an egg, say the Clippers don't reach the Western conference finals again. I mean, that's big time disappointment for a team that just brought in two superstars last summer, you know? Um, so I think Kawhi's under some big time pressure to not only get to a Western conference finals, but if the Clippers don't get to a finals this year, then, I mean, Kawhi could possibly be thinking about splitting next year. Um, he hasn't signed an extension. He said he's not worried about signing an extension right now either, except playing basketball. So um, him and that whole Clippers organization, I think, are probably under the most pressure. Now, let's go ahead and roll over to this next one. We got the biggest surprises and the biggest upsets of the season. I'm going to get it kicked off, man. So go with my surprises. I got the Pelicans being a surprise, man. I think they're going to come out and be real good. I wouldn't be surprised if I see them as high as the fifth or the sixth seed in the West. I feel like they definitely had the pieces together over there. Um, Reddick is going to be able to do what he do. He's definitely mm-hmm. coming off the bench contributing already. Zion has been playing big. Ingram has been playing like that contract money. And uh, mm-hmm. Bledsoe's been I, – I actually like what I see from Bledsoe out there. I feel like that's a, a better situation for him than Milwaukee. Lonzo, Lonzo's been cooking too. Lonzo, definitely. Like, he's been on point shooting-wise. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I, I definitely think it could be a good year for them. Uh, he got rid of uh, the coach. Who? Oh, Stan, Van, Stan Van Gundy's the coach. Stan Van Gundy, yeah. And he got them playing defense if you watched any of that Raptors game last night. So I think that could definitely yeah. be one. What did I say about Van Gundy, though? I'm like, man, this he may be, you know, he, he may be a good look for them. So um, mm-hmm. I got the Pelicans, number one, for my surprise team. Number two, I got the Spurs, man. I like how they've been coming out. Uh, they've been looking good. Pop seems like he got them together. Pop, not, I'm starting to see Pop play like a more laid back role. So I wouldn't be surprised if he probably retires probably in two or three years or so. Cause I'm seeing him play more of a, a laid back role and kind of just being the guy that gives the pointers and stuff like that is, and not so much of a guy that's really instilling, you know what I'm saying? Like the passion and stuff like that into these guys. I feel like he's just getting on this X and O game really well. So I, I definitely like what I've been seeing from the Spurs. The Rosen has been looking pretty good, even though, uh, sure. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, John Morant was making them dance. <laughs> hey, but he put up twenty eight nine and nine and got hey, the dub. Hey, I feel you, I feel you. But Ja was making them. I ain't even gonna lie. Early, but I don't Not know. Nice. Is Ja the Hezzy God now? Is he the new Hezzy God? Hey, was- nah, that has that one has he had to have been a carry, bro. The, hey. the one I've been seeing on House of Highlights, I'm like, if I see that at the park, that that's got to be a carry, bro. You got your whole hey, hey, cold, man. Ain't no way you call him the carry at the park. I was seeing the road and jump off Here, the road. Look. Switch. I'm like, bro, that's, that's a carry, bro. No, sir. I said, you bro, that's, that. a, that's a carry, bro. That's what Demar said. He said, bro, yeah. Hey, nah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like he jumping off the body move, like bro. 
I ain't he, he hey, it. 44 points, but yeah, uh the Spurs, <laughs> I definitely got them up there. I definitely think they'll be uh on on uh just surprise a couple people this year, especially to to see what they're able to do. Um, I, I'm expecting a big season from Lonnie Walker. Uh, they they in, implemented him in the starting lineup now. I've been liking him since I seen him in uh when he played. He came to town when they played when Miami played Georgia Tech. That's when they um who Georgia Tech had that guy that went to Minnesota Okogie. Oh, uh, yeah, Josh Okogie, yeah. yeah, he's pretty decent too. So that was a good game, and Lonnie Walker went off in that game. But for my biggest upsets of the season. Number one, the Milwaukee Bucks. I feel like they're going to underproduce. Kyle, we were talking about it earlier. And uh, I was pretty much saying, like, man, they don't have a bench. Like, they really don't have the bench to be able to, to get it done as, an, as to where you look at a team like Brooklyn to where they have Karis LeVert, who could start on pretty much a lot of people's teams in this league. Dinwiddie, who could start on a lot of people's teams in this league. Even Jared Allen's coming off the bench, so you gotta you gotta uh, definitely look at that. Uh, I, I think that Milwaukee, that I don't think they're gonna be able to do get it done, man. Especially this season, uh, they may still win a lot of games. I don't know, you know, but when I feel like when it comes time to to get everything going, I feel like Boston has their card now. I feel like the Sixers could beat them. I know the Nets could beat them. Um, the Heat. Possibly. I, I don't know, man. I just don't think Milwaukee is what they once were. I feel like they definitely took some step backs instead of moving forward uh, this offseason. But uh, my last one is the Nuggets. I got the Nuggets. And I ain't like I ain't been liking how they've been looking. Uh, I feel like Mike Malone didn't really get make any good moves this season. I, I feel like he he's gonna he's gonna like regret hard this offseason. I they may be seven, six or seven seed. I got them falling that low because I really don't believe in Michael Porter Jr. I get it. He's a good offensive player. But defensively, it's going to get ugly for him. Like, you know what I mean? It's gonna yeah, be- he had a solid opener. He had a solid opening game uh, for sure. last night, though. I ain't going to lie. He, I, I like what I saw from him, but I think they lost a lot with Jeremy Grant and uh, Tory Craig. Like, that's some toughness that their team had. And then you lose Mason Plumley, who was a good passer. I mean, he ain't with, sitting here and saying, you know, he's that good. With Grant and Craig, those are two good defensive players. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to really shield somebody that's 6'10", you know what I'm saying, on defense. Like, it's going to be hard to really shield that. So, that's why I got them in there. I, like, I don't know. I just don't expect them to completely just fall off the map. But I, mm-hmm. I definitely think that they're going to regress this season. Um, okay. Nate, who you got? Uh, my biggest surprise team, I'm going to go ahead and probably agree with you with the Spurs. I don't think it really should come as a surprise to most people, but, uh, you know, it's just Greg Popovich. I think that he found a good system, uh, for them. DeMar, like he's starting at that power forward spot. He's not the biggest guy, but I think that opens up the floor for them. And then LaMarcus Aldridge shooting threes. Now, finally, I like what I saw from Deontay Murray. Um, I like what I saw from Lonnie Walker. Like you said, like, I think they do have some solid young pieces, and they got a good blend of like veterans and, and youth in there that I like. Um, I don't I don't think the Hawks should be a surprise to anybody, but I think they're they're coming on that East Coast as well. Um, not even because they're offseason pickups. I just think they're young guys taking uh leaps. You know, that'll be somebody I'll talk about on the next topic. But uh you got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, those are two six ten stereotypical prototypical like three and deep hoopers, you know, 
I look at the and I like what I saw from them the other day, albeit they played against Chicago. Um, but you know, those young dudes, I think they they come in and they got Danilo off the bench, Bogdanovich off the bench, so they can make some noise. But my biggest disappointment team this season, I'm probably gonna have to say the Portland Trailblazers. Uh because a lot of a lot of people, you know, are excited about their new moves. Robert Covington, um, they're bringing back Nurkic healthy, but I don't know, man. Like, I just don't think they have it. Like you know, like they they got some solid players, but I think Dame needs to play with another like legit superstar. Like I don't see anybody on that team that's like a, a superstar. CJ is a good player, you know. Covington's a good player, but it's not like Dame over here playing with Jay Harden or playing with Chris Paul or playing with a Bradley Beal. You know, like he's playing with good players, but I don't see the players that they added, you know, taking them over the top. Like I I don't know if the goal for them is the finals, but I, I mean I don't see them making the finals with that roster just yet. Uh, and then in the East Coast, I'd probably say my biggest disappointment may be Miami. Um, I, you know, they they have talent, but I think they they surprised a lot of people last year how good they were. So uh, I don't know if they'll be able to replicate that success next this year. But you know, we'll see. Man, Kyle, let me see what you got, man. That that I don't know. That last one kind of got me. My, I mean, they was the five C last year. I think that they surprised a lot of people by getting to the finals. Uh, you know, especially beginning of the year. You know, no, that was really nobody's pick. I think they were a big surprise last year, but I don't think that they're gonna surprise as many people this year. And I also think the East got better. Like, you know, the Nets are you know healthy. They look healthy. I think the Bucks are. I think they're better with Drew Holiday. I think the Celtics get better just because they're younger. You know, Jason Tatum looked like he put on some weight. Um, but you know, I don't really see the the heat getting back to the finals. And yeah, Dame is the truth. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see the rest of that lineup, you know, taking them to to the finals, to the promised land. Hey, Michael, you mind reintroducing the, the topic? Yeah. So, uh, ma'am, what it was was the the your surprise teams of the year and the upset teams of the year. Um, I had the Bucks, and I had um. The Bucks and the Spurs. Um, for his first time in the uniform, I, I think we got a lot of pieces around him uh, where he can be able to facilitate um, while also uh, letting, you know, expanding his offensive game and showing what he can really do. Um, I, I like the chemistry between him and Brad. I think those are two uh, gritty guys on the court. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're dogs. Um, then you throw in an elite shooter in Bertans. And we were playing against a top team in, in, in the East. You know what I'm saying? I feel like sure. the Clippers, the Clipper, I mean, not the Clippers, but uh, the 76ers, they made a lot of good moves this offseason. They improved. So for us to come out and, and take them down to the wire and to be winning most of the game, uh, and uh, we just got to work on closing it out. Um, but I, I was really impressed by what I saw. It wasn't a, a, a terrible L. I feel like it was lessons to be learned, but a lot of potential there. Um, sure. Um, and if it's not the Wizards, uh, I'm going with the Phoenix Suns, man. I really like what I saw um, out of their out of their performance yesterday. I think Chris Paul and, and D Book can be deadly. Um, those are two guys who uh, got the clutch gene to the to the fullest. Um, they're, they're both closers. They're, they're not going to make too many mistakes. I think D Book will make a huge jump this year. I think he's really about everything he says he's about. Um, so, uh, and then Aiton can be one of the best bigs in the league. So you put all that together, and then they got in between guys. Uh, like, I think the Jalen Smith pickup was very good for him. I think he could develop into a, a solid power forward in the, in the league. Cam Johnson, 
he looked pretty good with them last night. Michael Bridges, you know, he brings uh, three and D guys. So I like what I saw. And even, even what I saw from campaign campaign looks like, you know, it took him a little while to get adjusted in the league, but now he's, he's older. He's, he, he understands. He feels like he, it looks like he found his niche. Um, he's so a forger now. He's right. not just a dance, a TikTok dancing ass nigga. Right. He's right. Forging, right. Which is good. I, I like, I like the wizards and the Suns to surprise a lot of people and sneak into that top five of both conferences. Um, I think the Wizards can, can sneak into that position in the East and the Suns can do it as well in the West. So that's those are my surprise teams. Um, if they continue to, you know what I'm saying, build and, and grow on the foundation they've set. Um, and my upset teams, I'm going to have to go with, um, we'll go with Milwaukee. Like, like uh, what was it, Micah, you said it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. I, I, I'm not. Yesterday, Giannis, I don't. I still don't know if he's there yet. You know, what I'm saying? he still. I feel like he still has limitations in his game. While Drew, I think they did improve this offseason, but the East also got much better as well. So I don't know if their improvements will take them over the edge to to get any different outcome um, in the Eastern Conference. I, I'm I'm just not a believer right now. Um, like like I said. Uh, Giannis, he's still young, so it's no no need to to worry, need to rush. But I don't think this is their year. Um, and my second team, I'm gonna have to go to Clippers, man. Um, I I, I kind of lost belief in them last year in the playoffs. I, 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 I don't see it, man. I, hey, man, I, I, hold on, man. Everybody get the whole man. Cool out, man. I'm pulling the left. I'm in here pulling bubbles and everything, man. Come on. You know what I'm so I'm I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with the Clips, man. I think. I just don't think that PG and Kawhi Leonard can do the superstar tandem. I, I don't. Like I said, I think they occupy the same space. PG is wavering. I think they still they still lack leadership in a sense. Like I don't see that that one leader like Pat Bev. He's an energizer buddy, but he he's I felt he's too erratic to even to be a leader. And then Kawhi and PG, you know what type of guys they are individually. So, I mean, I just don't, I, I don't see that team going too far, man. Um, so yeah, those those are my two upsets and, and surprise teams. I rock with that. Yeah, let me let me get it, man. For nephew, go crazy on me. We got. Uh, I want to get y'all 2021 NBA season awards off rip for mine. MVP talks. I got Dane, KD, Curry, and Luca. In a particular order, I feel like Dame. I feel like it's gonna be a big season. You got to you got to pick one. You can't you can't say four. You got to pick one. Okay. Yeah, yeah pick yeah. pick one. I got you. I, I'm gonna go with Dame. Then, even though I said earlier, it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be a he's gonna have the most pressure on him this season. But I feel like he'll be able to definitely sir, uh, definitely live up to that pressure and come out on top and have a good MVP season and get his first one. Uh, for Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going AD. You know, uh, I, I feel like it'll be pretty much the same. I feel like he'll uh, come out and definitely be on what, he's, what he was on in the playoffs and during the regular season as well. Um, for the Most Improved Player, this is where I, I got to say my two, though. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got Houston, and I got Lonnie Walker. I feel like those will definitely be able to uh, stand up this year and definitely uh, give people, let people know who they are this season. 
Um, for the sixth man, I got Karis LeVert. I don't have nobody mm. else. Just cut plain and dry. I don't got Lou Williams. I don't got Montrez Harrell. I don't got Pat Bev. Excuse yeah. me. I don't got, Bev. I don't yeah. got none of that. Uh, rookie of the year, I got Wiseman. I like how he was looking. Uh, Halliburton is good, too. I like how he's able to fit in on the Kings. He definitely been able to uh, – I guess what I'd say, he's been able to show his uh, his perimeter threat level. You know? I wasn't too impressed with him. I wasn't too impressed with him. Like, I can't even lie to you. You ain't really care for him? For real, I, I like what I saw from him so far. I mean, I, I, I didn't see too I much. Like I, didn't, I didn't sit down and watch the whole game. I will say that. But from what I saw – go check him out. I'm not gonna make that 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 hot take just yet. You know what I'm saying? But from what I saw initially, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say he a bum. I, I don't know about rookie of the year, but he's nah, definitely a contributor. He for sure. I wouldn't say a bum. I'm just saying, like to be a rookie of the year talks. I I, I didn't see that. What's the last one? You got coach. Let me let me get my let me get my last one in there real quick. Uh, coach of the year. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Monty Williams out in Phoenix or Stan Van Gundy out there in uh, New Orleans. So those those are my awards for the year. Uh, Nate, let me get yours, man. Let me go ahead. And meet my I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go for a surprise pick with the MVP. I think if the Celtics do well this year and get that either one or two seed, I think Jason Tatum will definitely be in the conversation for MVP. So you know, make it. It's a hotter take, but I'm gonna go ahead and make that right now. I like the way uh, he plays so far. But I really like how he he put on some bulk in this offseason. Like, you can really just see it. He kind of filled in a little bit more. He's gotten older. And supposedly he's grown to, like, 6'10". Um, so I think if the Celtics, you know, they have a chance to maybe get that one or two seed, I think he could be a surprise pick. Uh, you know, I don't think – I'm not sold that it's going to happen, but I think he he has a chance to be in that conversation. Uh, defensive player of the year, I got to agree with you with uh, Anthony Davis. Um I don't think they should give it to Gobert or Giannis again. I think that would just be kind of blatantly disrespectful. Like, AD should have got it last year, I thought, because um, we kind of see Giannis, you know, he wasn't the best perimeter defender. He's long, he's rangy, you know, gets a lot of blocks, but he's not as well-equipped to stay in front of people as AD is. Um, my rookie of the year, I wanted to say LaMelo early on, but I kind of realized I don't think he'll get the touches because he does play behind two solid guards. Like, I like – I'd, I'd like uh, Devontae Graham. I liked him before LaMelo, you know, even got there. And, you know, I don't see them sitting Terry Rozier. So, you know, just by warrant of him not starting, I don't know if he's going to get the reps. So I'm going to do what Micah did, and I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick uh, Anthony Edwards, and then I'm going to pick Patrick Williams from the Bulls. Like, when I, I've seen some of uh, his film, I was really impressed with him. You know, he was kind of one of those surprise draft picks. But, you know, they got blown out yesterday. But in the minutes that I've seen from him, He's a dominant type of force, you know, very athletic, very strong. But he got a jumper, too, and it looks really pretty. He could pull it up off the dribble. So I think he can be a rookie of the year candidate. Um, what was the other two? Coach of the – oh, most improved. My most improved has got to come from, uh, you know, one of the up-and-coming young teams. I think that's usually kind of how most improved works. Uh, so mine is going to be Cam Reddish from Atlanta. Um, I, I like what I saw from him last game. I think he's, you know, committed more to the defensive end from what I've seen so far. And uh, I think I always thought he had the talent to do it. Now it's just kind of about pulling it together. Um, and then my coach of the year, if the Lakers go back, uh, you know, get that number one seed, I'm going to go ahead and say Frank Vogel. I thought he, you know, definitely should have got more uh, consideration for it last year. 
you know, I don't think it's easy to be the number one seed, even if we do have good talent. You know, you never heard about any locker room issues or anything like that. And a lot of that is coaching. So, you know, got to give that up to him. And, um, yeah, I think that would probably be my coach of the year. Mikey, you need me to repeat any of my picks? I'm I'm here to hold. For sure. I'm here to hold. Well, I heard everything. Yeah, I, one, one I did want to highlight was uh, you said you said uh, Cam Reddish for most improved. You yeah, think, I think he you can, either him? I'll tell you my two because it was between two. I said either him or Lonzo because I look at the most improved award. It usually goes to a it usually go to a player on a team that's like up and coming. Like you most likely not going to have a most improved player on a championship team. You feel me? Or a terrible team. They kind of got to be like a young budding you know, team, like even somebody like Michael Bridges, like uh, with the Suns, I think he has a real possibility to be, you know, a very improved player. But the reason I say Cam Reddish is cause, like, I just look at his play style and like frame 610 can handle it, can shoot it, can dunk on you. Like, I really like what he has to offer. And if Atlanta is any type of good this year, he'll be a big part of it. Yeah. Kyle, what you got, man? Let me, let me hear your awards for the season. Man, y'all made some good takes, man, but uh, for MVP, I'm going – man, it's tough. It's between two guys. I'm going either Luka Doncic, um, which has been the – the I've seen he's the favorite um, most polls that I've seen um, just because of – we all know he brings to the table. Uh, I think I think it's going to be another big year for him. And then they also factor in winning. You know what I mean? I think that could be a top, top three, top four team in the West. Um, if they can do that, then I, I think that, that he has a really good chance. Um, and if it's not him, I think it's Stephen Curry uh, for a couple reasons. Um, I don't think people should overreact too much off that Nets loss. Um, they were missing Draymond first, you know what I'm saying, first time him getting back in some action in a while. Um, and, and I think that, you know, just because without Clay this year, it's going to be, you know what I'm saying, uh, even more room for him to expand, not expand his game, I know what he, what he brings, but just just for him to show out and do what he does. And uh, I think I, I think he's going to put up astronomical numbers this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 30. Um, the only thing is that could hold that team back is, you know, the success of, of the team. I don't see them. I, I think they they they'll probably be bottom bottom five. I mean bottom that fifth through eighth spot. So and you typically don't see MVPs coming from that low uh, of rankings. Um, so those are my two MVP takes. Uh, defensive player of the year, man. I'm gonna have to agree with you all with, with Anthony Davis. It's kind it's kind of hard not to look his direction. He hasn't seen that award. Has he ever got one in his career? Nah, it's time. Yeah, it's it's time. It's his time. You know what I mean? He can guard one through five legit. Um, you know what I'm saying? He, he just brings it all, everything you're looking for on that side of the court. Um, for rookie of the year, man, I'm going to have to go. It's, I'm torn between two guys. Um, James Wiseman, like you said, Micah, just because I, I was very impressed with what I saw from him that first game, even though it was in a losing effort. Um, he can do really well, I th and I think uh, just you know the same reasons why I, why I think that Steph could get the MVP. I think he can get uh, Rookie of the Year. Without Clay, his his role is going to expand tremendously. Um, he's he like he'll thrive in that offense. Um, Steve Kerr definitely is going to cook something up where he he's going to get. I, I like how they got him the ball. They got him ISO touches, um, a lot of pick and rolls. 
And then people, you have to factor in when Draymond comes back, he's a great facilitator as well. So that big on big, um, you know, connection, it can be can be lethal. So I think he's that was his first game. That was his first game. He didn't get no preseason, barely right. any college. So right. for him to look that right. good, that mid twenty and ten, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I think he uh, that's my he's my front runner. But if it's not him, I'm gonna have to go with Denny Denny Ivia from the Wizards. Yes, that's nothing no man he showed me something in the preseason but that first game he didn't show me nothing he just he wasn't he wasn't as aggressive as he could be um you know it takes it takes time like don't i mean i'm not ready to you know what i'm saying give up on him but what i've seen is he's a 16 guy who can score all three levels and facilitate um mm-hmm. and that that that's you know what i'm saying that's that's a great up-and-coming prospect uh from what i've seen uh, you know what he brings to the game. He he affects the game in a lot of different ways. So um, when he get the, the touches, because we have a Russ and a Brad and still Rui, and you know I, that, that's that's still to be seen. But if we use him, um, uh, you know, get him more touches and more aggressive, then I think that he can you know put up some pretty solid numbers this year. Uh, what's the other award? Six man, six man, man. That's tough. That's tough, but I, I kind of have to agree with you again, Michael, on Karis LeVert. I really like what they're doing with him, man. That's a guy who can go for 50. He's proven it. Legit scorer, and I, I like that that system that uh, Steve Nash has implemented in Brooklyn. It's, yeah. it's free-flowing. You could tell it kind of has a, a Dan Tony spice to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm sure. saying? Um, you could definitely tell that, but, it, I mean, it's a one-on-one game nowadays. It's, it's a – it's an ISO game, and, and that's what he does. He gets ISO buckets. So the fact that they have him coming off in that, that second unit, he's going to be the guy. And That's and, Jay Crawford. Yeah. That's what I'm telling Micah. He's like legit yeah. modern-day Jay Crawford, like yeah, same I, build and everything. Right. I mean, I feel like he's a little bit more physical than Crawford. Their game's kind of Possibly, they're, yeah. they're a little different. But as far as, you know what I'm saying, effectiveness and getting a bucket, I can definitely see that comparison. Um, so I, I can't I can't even really think anybody else who could take that award from him this year. Um yeah. course, the season's gonna play on, and we're gonna see how guys are developing. But right now, it's Karis hands down. Um, and coach of the year, man, I'm going Steve Nash. Um, Steve Nash. I see. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you <laughs> take that one that one two spot in the East, yeah, you know, first year putting together all that talent is not easy. Like you can that's what I said about Vogel, though. And Vogel didn't get no consideration. That's yeah, why I thought it was disrespectful. So I said, I mean, I said you all know LeBron damn near the coach every team you all know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, always Vogel be seeming like, like – The number one seed is going to be getting – Like he had to like prove himself again the next season. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it don't seem like they give it to him the season that they supposed to get it. Like I felt like uh, Mike Malone should have got it last year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, um, but um, like I was saying, I think that uh, if he could put all that talent together and, and lock in that first, second seed, um, and shit, you never even know how how high they are in the power rankings. If they can get in that top four, um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, it could go to Steve easily. I like I like what I've seen so far, and like I said from from the jump, I think it was a great great hire. I think that coaching is is not as I'm not going to say it's an easy job, but the two biggest as components of it are can you be personable can you relate to your guys and can you construct an offense that can be um conducive to their play style and from what that's everything that i've seen so far 
um, out of Steve Nash, which is what I expected. Two-time MVP, um, one of the best point guards to ever play the game. You got to factor in the point, the fact that he was a point guard as well. So um, I, 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 li- I like that. That's, that's Those are my picks. Um, I, I said think. that earlier, Kyle, when me and, uh, when Nate and I were talking on the first topic, and I was I referenced the conversation that we had. I'm like, man, it's crazy because you we got Nash, who you know he already has the player development hat. But when you get to add in to the fact that he's a point guy, you know, um, he's been putting people in their in their positions for his whole career. You know what I'm saying? He's right. been getting the most out of players for his whole career. So right. being able to do that with with the Nets is is like second nature to him. You know exactly. But, uh, we ain't even get so your your thoughts on that on the first uh on the first topic. Just your reaction to the next, how they looking, man. What, what's your expectations from this year, real quick, before we uh check out? Man, super impressive what I saw, man. Uh, is that is everything that I thought it could be when I when I saw Kevin Durant when I heard he signed them papers to go to Brooklyn, man. So uh, I was really impressed by the depth, um, the, the fluidity of the offense. Um, you like it's not just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They they let Joe Harris get off. They're letting uh Dimwitty get his shots. Um yeah. finding, you know, the athletic bigs and, and DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, they run the court really well. That second unit has proven that they have they can I think they can bump with um a lot of first, you know, first unit guys. Uh, a lot of teams first first uh, start of all. Um <laughs> Like it, it, it kind of reminds me of that Warriors team. Um, That's exactly what I told Michael before y'all came. <laughs> yeah. offense, bro. Yeah, yeah. kind of reminds me of that Warriors team before KD got there and it made them so lethal. With, you know, uh, with Sean Livingston and and those guys coming up and uh, Iguodala coming off the bench. Like they're, they're so deep that you don't lose any drop off when the starting five is out, and that's scary when you got. Um, Kyrie Irving and KD taking a break, and it's like the level of play doesn't drop. It, it, it doesn't drop significantly. And then before you look up, you got KD and Kyrie back in the game. And you know what they bring. So uh, I feel like uh, it's it's going it to get scary for the league, man. I, I really do. Um, I feel like Jeff Green was a great pickup. Now, yeah. like I, uh, they go they go twelve deep. Cause even the kid uh, Cabrero. Um, yeah. I think he can he can go. You know what I'm saying? That's a big guard. And then like Tyler Johnson, fourth man, like he could throw in some spot minutes. He's he's a proven guy in the league. So Shamit, Shamit, um, you know Tony Prince. Um, I I, I really like the, the the construction of this team. That's why I was thrown off by it. it was hard in talks because I feel like depth is more valuable than you know just a, three superstars because. They can't play the whole game, so uh, uh, I'm really, I'm really impressed. I was really impressed by uh, what I saw initially, and I, th- I think they're gonna keep it up. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, but I also wanted to preface it by saying that the Warriors also look terrible uh, in that game. So I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I do want to see them play some better comp because, like Wiggins, yeah. he, he looked so bad out there. It, it was, man, like the the Warriors' offense was just like so far from like what we're used to seeing from them so like i would like you know i'm very yeah. curious about the christmas day game you know i think the nets will pull it out against the bucks and i would definitely like to see them play some you know more well-equipped players before like you know i make all my judgments but i did like from what i saw so far but that dude wiggins man he i'm sorry bro i, I can't stop talking about how bad bro look 
Like he he didn't look like he was supposed to be out on the floor type bad. And that's, you know, I didn't even think he was that bad. I had a conversation with y'all about, you know, his numbers don't really point to him being a bust, but if he keeps playing like that, I, I have a hard time seeing the Warriors uh, competing for anything of value. Oh, one thing you had said before I check out, that was uh, definitely key, was just teams that are, are lacking depth, man. They, like, the neck, the Nets, uh, the Nets have it. Houston has it. Um, Boston has it slightly. But it's Lakers not a lot that can really go to that bench and be like, hey, yeah. You know, you go. A lot of teams can't run eight through twelve. You know what I'm saying? Can't yeah. run the eight through twelve guys. So definitely, uh, that's definitely one thing that I, I'm gonna keep a, a eye on this season, just to see all right, who's gonna be able to really depend and rely on that bench. Of course, the Lakers they they have some they have some pieces out there for sure. But uh, man, I don't have nothing else. Y'all got anything? Nah, man. I feel like uh, speaking on that, the point of the depth, it's gonna come to eat. It's gonna come even more of a, uh, become a, even more critical of a factor this year because of all the provisions. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's so different, guys. I know the Brooklyn Nets they didn't have a deep playoff run, um, but for the Lakers especially, like you said, it's gonna it's gonna definitely take a you know be beneficial to them to, to, so they can sit down a LeBron James and um, so you know and this is a condensed condensed season, not as long as not as long of an off season, so. Um, guys, I think we're going to see guys getting banged up a little bit more. Um, so depth is definitely going to come and play a big role and help a lot of teams out. For sure, man. Let's go ahead and end it and wrap it up here. Man, I appreciate y'all for checking in. Like always, man, you know it's the family always coming in and checking in in the building. Uh, make sure y'all go over there and check out the sponsor, T.O.B. Sports. Go over there, YouTube. Uh, like, comment, subscribe on everything, man. Tell Dave we said what up. He got some more content coming y'all way, so make sure y'all go over there and tune in with him. Make sure you go over there and tune in with us uh, on National Sports Chat, man. We got new content coming daily, man, so make sure you go over there, YouTube, Facebook, IG. We there. Uh, make sure you go over there to the sports page. Yeah, that's one of the things we run in this matchmakers. Make sure you go over there to the sports page. Um Mike and friends, um, I said the sports page, the podcast page. Make sure you go over there, follow us at Mike and friends. Make sure you follow the guys at more Nate at J period cotton underscore. Make sure you follow all of us. And, um, and I appreciate y'all for checking in, man. Happy holidays to all that's out there. Appreciate everybody checking in in the comment section. We going to come back and do it again and again and again, but that's all we got for y'all today, man. Mike and friends are checking in and checking out. Yes, sir. Happy holidays, This shit ain't no tip for tat. Let's make this thing a blowout. Retaliation, empty threats make niggas not want go out. I found out that big gang got fucked your main and you was toe out. I don't speak opinions, only facts come out of my mouth. I'm hustling in my veins, shit, I was made inside a crack house. Niggas talk that money, shit can't even pull a stack out. That's a flack out. Solly heard when I heard he was hating on me. Nervous niggas working, pray that they don't 
write no statement on me Try and keep the street shit far behind me But it's gaining on me You and me are not the same I came for everything I wanted Cashed out for my 41 on the spot With no payments on it Everybody getting off we see a op And ain't no waiting on it If you ain't try to hit someone I got shot and ain't no way we homies My name got that ranking on it Like two real gang, 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 gang Riding around in the rental Trying to spank your homie 30 poking out my pockets This shit can't be folded 30 underneath this rocket Russell Westbrook homie Gang, 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 gang Round around in the rental trying to spank your homie 30 poking out my pockets This shit can't be folded 30 underneath this rocket Russell Westbrook homie Gang Gang, 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 gang. Quanny died, divided all us up. I bought it back now. But Basie said he cannot close the trap until a shack out. Cause I got this shit hot. The ops keep calling, trying to cop out. The 30 popper, what up, niggas? Blocks, he keep his mop out. The copper when the gamble out, still trying to sit his shot down. Johnny somewhere dishing out that dog, he got a whole pound. It's easy money, exactly what it is, exactly how it sound. Him and Freaky Sneaky for a reason, it's a lot of pounds. Quiet, gotta keep it down. Beach moving discreetly now. But all of us get off and got it. On us when you see us out. You ain't help your people out. Put food in your people's mouth. Haters hate the real can vouch. I'm everything I'm rapping about. Gang of Trony. Riding around in the know what's up with me. Thank your homie. 30 poking out my pockets. Can't be man Need this rocket. Russell Westbrook, homie. Gang. Con gang, 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 gang of Trony. Riding around in the know what's up with me. your homie. 30 poking out my pockets. You rapping something me and my nigga started. 30 underneath this rocket. Russell Westbrook, homie. Gang, 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 gang.